0: Right. welcome to the local your daily dose of hometown news and democracy i'm emily gilliland from portland oregon and it's thursday may 6th today back in the day on may 6th 1905 the Wallawa national forest was established this was accomplished under the administration of president theodore roosevelt since its original inception as the Wallawa forest reserve 116 years ago the protected area has grown to include more land. It is now known as the Wallawa Whitman National Forest and encompasses 2.3 million acres in Oregon and Idaho. The forest is named in honor of the Wallawa band of the indigenous Nez Perce people. They lived on the Columbia River Plateau for at least 11,500 years. And there's good reason to protect the forest. It is home to two hundred and thirty six bird species, almost one hundred mammal species, and about fifteen hundred plant species. Of course, fish, reptiles, and amphibians live there too today. the Wallawa Whitman National Forest is an outdoor enthusiast's paradise. Hiking, skiing, camping, and fishing await so visit when you can. Today, back in the day on May 6th, 1527, Rome fell. 493 years ago, an allegiance of German, Spanish, and Italian infantry defeated the defenders of the infamous city and forced Pope Clement VII into hiding. Many historians consider this event, often called the Sack of Rome, as the end of the Italian High Renaissance. This was the period that saw such artistic masterpieces as da Vinci's Mona Lisa, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel ceiling, and Raphael's The School of Athens. Today in commemoration of the Swiss Guard's efforts in defending Pope Clement VII, new recruits are sworn in on this day, May 6th, every year. And today, back in the day on May 6th, 1945, the Prague Offensive began. It was the last major military operation of World War II in Europe and lasted six days. In fact, it extended beyond the Nazis' unconditional surrender on May 8th. But on the 11th, the city of Prague was liberated by USSR forces. When it concluded, all surviving German soldiers became prisoners of war or fugitives. Today, we'll start with your quick six news headlines, and we have an interview with Hand-to-Mouth Theater. X-Ray. First up, it's time for today's Quick Six Local Rundown. Public universities have announced vaccination requirements for students and employees. Oregon State University announced on Tuesday that it would require all students and employees learning or working on campus to have the COVID-19 vaccination On Wednesday, Portland State University followed OSU with the same guidelines. The vaccination requirement will apply starting in September. Both schools have yet to lay out the details of how vaccine status will be verified. Students enrolled only in online classes will not be required to be vaccinated. Same goes for any remote workers. PSU has said it will host a vaccine clinic on campus for students and employees Who have not yet received the vaccine. OSU is the first public university to set this requirement, although some private schools have already created similar rules. That includes Lewis and Clark College, the University of Portland, and Willamette University. All of the schools requiring vaccinations have said they will make exemptions for medical, religious, and other reasons. Here's your daily dose of data. The Oregon Health Authority reported 748 new coronavirus cases yesterday. That brings the total number of cases in the state to 187,611. There were six new deaths. The death toll is now up to 2,508. As of Wednesday, 46.2% of Oregonians have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine, and 32.6% of Oregonians are fully vaccinated. Local venues have begun selling tickets to concerts this fall. Several of Portland's large and mid-sized music venues have booked events for as soon as September 2021. Mississippi Studios, the Dugford Lounge, Edgefield, and the Crystal Ballroom have all made announcements on similar timelines. Now the Modus Center has joined them with tickets going on sale for its November 4th Andrea Bocelli performance. This will be the first in-person concert at Portland's largest music venue in well over a year. Venues are making booking announcements despite the fact that Oregon has not yet created a timeline of when music venues will be cleared to reopen at full capacity. Mississippi studios recently announced a September 7th show In an Instagram caption. They said they will do everything in their power to make the show happen. Quote, but we are following state and federal guidance. And if the show can't go on safely, it won't go on at all. So let's work together to make sure it does. Gun control bill receives sweeping final approval from lawmakers on its way to Kate Brown's desk. On Wednesday, the Oregon Senate approved Bill 554 1727 The high-profile bill would allow schools, colleges, universities, and other public buildings, including Portland International Airport and the state capitol in Salem, to ban guns. It would also require gun owners to safely store their firearms, either by securing them in a gun safe or disabling them with a trigger lock. Despite concerns voiced by Republican counterparts, Senator Floyd Prozansky stated, quote, The vast majority of gun owners will not be directly impacted by this. Most gun owners are very reasonable and understand those weapons are deadly, and they do in fact need to make certain they are safely secure. Six senators were not present during the vote, four of them Republicans and two former Republicans now registered as independent. All six Republicans present and one Democrat, Senator Betsy Johnson of Scapoose, voted against the bill. A spokesperson for Brown said the governor would review the bill, but that it was largely in line with her outspoken views on passing sensible gun legislation. The Trailblazers will soon become the last NBA team to allow fans inside the stadium. It was announced on Wednesday that the team will be welcoming fans back inside the Modus Center for their game against the Los Angeles Lakers on Friday. They will allow fans to attend the game at 10% of the stadium's capacity, which will total just under 2,000 people. The news came the day after Governor Kate Brown's announcement that Multnomah County will be downgraded from extreme risk to high risk for COVID-19 transmission. Fans will be required to wear masks inside the stadium when not actively eating or drinking, and groups of fans will be spread at least six feet apart during games. They will also have to complete a health screening in the Trailblazers mobile app before attending the games. And some good news. Today's Rose Festival celebration will honor Paul Knowles. The 90-year-old Paul Knowles, also known as the Mayor of Albina, has been named the honoree of the 2021 Rose Festival Honors. This virtual event is open to the public, streaming today, May 6th from noon to one. Although this is a fundraising event for the community in support of women and mentorship, the live stream will be free to watch. Dr. Alicia Moreland-Kapuya will be the keynote speaker. She was the 1998 Rose Festival Queen You can look forward to other Rose Festival events in the coming months, including a porch parade on May 31st and the crowning of this year's Rose Festival Queen in June. And that's today's Quick Six Local Rundown. X-Ray. Creating theater when we can't be together? Up next, Lucille Dawson, Executive Director of Hand to Mouth, and Aaron Letty, performer and creator at the theater. Join Andy Limber, and Julia Oppenheimer to tell us more.
1: How do we create art that reflects a moment? How do we share performances if we can't be with each other in person? Hand to Mouth Theater Ensemble has been grappling with these questions all year. Here to give us some answers and to tell us about the company's upcoming season is Lucille Dawson, Executive Director of Hand to Mouth, and Aaron Letty, Performer, creator at the theater. Lucille and Aaron. good morning.
2: Hey, good morning. So,
1: so how did the company decide what your 2021 season was going to look like in practical terms?
3: Yeah, <laughs> great question. <laughs> and thanks for calling it a season that's actually incredibly generous.
4: <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, come on. Uh, come on. <laughs> we actually,
0: in,
3: in March of 2020, we had a show that was premiering that got shut down on opening night.
1: Mm. Uh. So,
3: um, so we got really interrupted. Um, and then all of the subsequent, uh, shows also, you know, didn't, didn't go. And, um, at first we were kind of like paralyzed, I want to say. And I think everybody kind of felt that way too. Um, and then we just decided like, well, the stakes could not be lower. So let's just try. <laughs> <laughs> so we,
1: Anything so, is uh, better than nothing.
3: Yeah, for sure. So a, a show that Erin and I were both working on, um, a slumber party to dismantle the patriarchy that was supposed to be, a, like a live installation performance, um, in May. And instead we took the same like spirit of the show and turned it into a series of digital performances and interactions around the election. And we just, you know, changed it into um, a slumber party for solidarity in uncertain times. So it really started with us taking what we had and adapting it. And then from there, we just um, went rogue <laughs> and <laughs> started, making, started making all kinds of digital work.
1: So at the beginning of the month, you put up your first uh, streaming show, Uh, Distancius is, am I? Distancius. Okay. Uh, Tell us about your process for envisioning and creating this uh, virtual performance.
3: Yeah. So uh, also at the beginning of 2020, we had just welcomed four new company members. And so then we're like going through this entire year, not having worked together, not having had the opportunity to really, you know, get to know each other in a creative devising way Mm because we're a theater company that makes all of our own work uh, you know from inception to production and so uh, you know we have a commitment to paying our artists and to creating art that you know relates to the moment Mm -hmm. and um, that's interactive for the community so we (laughs) literally started drawing names out of a hat being like look we're all going to find a way to work together and we split into these groups Uh, working with people that were you know been in the company for a long time or new to the company Mm -hmm. and just said you know take take a small chunk of change and find a way to like make something new together and and explore what it's like to work together because because art is fun and getting to know each other
4: is cool and everything's weird so why not lean in how do you feel? So I've experienced this with X-ray and it's like you work with all these people and you you don't actually get to be in the same room as them. How is totally. it how is it different um, acting and performing with people virtually? Maybe that's a good question for Aaron. Yeah, I think so.
2: Uh, yeah, it's been such a challenge. I think I I realized <laughs> you know, in this in this crazy process That I am, yeah, I'm just such a collaborative artist, and what fills me up is the act of being in a room with other people and watching the ideas that come in just, like, ping really quickly between the artists and how the material just gets churned up by every individual and can, you know, you can just, like, respond and react so quickly when you're in a room together and there's, like, this shared energetic ritual space and... Uh yeah, working alone in my home in my bedroom <laughs> or my <laughs> bathroom um was just, you know, I just got so stuck in my head and I really needed, you know, like the the other people um to draw things out of me and that just that process just takes a lot longer when you're sharing your, you know, artistic visions or scene ideas through you know, the interweb. It's like you make it, you send it, you wait, you wait, (laughs) somebody Mm -hmm. watches (laughs) it. And, you know, and so it just was such a, it was such a different experience. And I, yeah, I cannot wait until we are back in a room together. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I realized, yeah, this, this is not my preferred, (laughs) not my preferred (laughs) method of working, but, um, but it has been, you know, every every show that we make as a company requires us to take risks and experiment and step into a vulnerable space with one another. And this was, you know, this was also, this was also that. And and so I feel like when all is said and done, and you're looking back on the, when I'm looking back on the process, I've learned, I've learned so so much and. Um, and the adaptation is fun, but maybe just now it's fun looking back
1: on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you know that that makes me think, and you know, I uh, early on, I guess maybe mid-pandemic, I was I was uh, fascinated to see the the battle going on between um, Actors Equity and the Screen Actors Guild about mm-hmm. you know who who had the right to uh, to broadcast theater. Because they very, it, it's it's very different art forms, mm-hmm. um, and and it makes me wonder, as someone who, uh, uh, you know, listening to you having to develop a whole new process, what what might you take with you? What you know, what mm-hmm. what parts of this will enhance your creative process in the future?
3: Yeah, I think that that is something that like a lot of theater companies are, are finding is that if you, you know, maybe you used mixed media before, but now we're finding like, oh man, there is a place for video in every production, or there is a place for um, a sound walk, or there is, mm. you know, there's theatrical elements in so many other things that, that it's really shifted the way that we could even produce, theater like it, it doesn't have to be a staged play it doesn't have to be um site-specific inside it could be site-specific outside uh mm. it, it's just been very exciting to see like how we can adapt and how actually using new mediums can make our work more complex and and sometimes more accessible too like we're now getting audiences that don't live in Portland or don't live in Oregon even that are able to yeah. watch some of our stuff. And, and it's also, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to use closed captioning or something instead of um, having everything signed live or there's just a lot of access elements to, to the digital platform that, that I think is going to carry forward.
1: Nice. Uh, this is Andy and Julia, and uh, we're speaking with uh, Lucille Dawson, Executive Director of Hand to Mouth, and uh, performer and creator Aaron Letty. How how have uh, and and maybe it it you're you're not far enough along in in uh, the amount of virtual theater that you've created, but have what kind of differences in expectations? are you seeing from your audience about the kind of, of, of art uh, you can produce?
2: Uh, yeah, we just mm-hmm. um, premiered *Distancias*, as you mentioned earlier. So we all got to experience um, being together virtually mm-hmm. while, while those shows premiered um, with audiences. And yeah, what was really striking, what stuck with me the most is the... Um, is the intimacy, all the performers are, you know, filming their scenes inside their homes. Mm -hmm. We, as an audience member, get to come inside and see these very, you know, precious small details of Mm -hmm. uh, these artists' lives, and (laughs) it was Judge their
1: books on their bookshelf.
2: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so, yeah, it was just so, um, it was so moving, Mm -hmm. and you get to really, like, get up close with these people. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty was pretty cool. And I think everybody, everybody felt felt that.
4: I think that's really fascinating. Because as a when when you're watching a play, you you think of the actor as the character, and not necessarily as the person behind the character. So you're sort of Mm. like, Juxtaposing these two things with like, here's where I live as a human person, and mm-hmm. here's this character I'm trying to portray. Um, I, I, yeah, it seems like a, an intimate and interesting juxtaposition. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Totally. And in stuff
3: that that we've seen online, that that other places are creating, because everybody's kind of doing this right now. You know, there is a there is a fine line between what you find yourself enjoying more than other things is when people acknowledge, you know, you acknowledge that you're filming theater. You acknowledge that you are in your own home. Mm-hmm. You you know there's some kind of like nod to to the absurdity of it all and that that even feels more intimate.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say yeah, in this moment like for me, you know, even if I'm taking a yoga class online, I I want there to be this moment of acknowledgement that, like, we're in a crazy moment. We would be together, but we can't. (laughs) And so, yeah, yeah, that acknowledgement and that invitation to recognize our shared moment and experience is, yeah, is, is so important, I think.
4: You have a show premiering this weekend called Is Anybody Out There? We're Right Here. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, it's funny because, well, this, so the show
2: is, we drew names out of a hat. We split up into three different groups and, and we got really excited about this idea of being able to collaborate with new artists in this crazy time. And so, yeah, we were able to reach out to people we haven't worked with before and, you know. It, some of the performers are not in Portland, so that was a that was a really beautiful opportunity to work with some people who aren't even in the city, and uh, and so then we all for the last several months have been in our small groups creating these digital digital films or theatricalities. Um, I don't know <laughs> if that is like it's hard to know what to call them because <laughs> it is. It is a film, but we're not filmmakers. We're going to need um, a new
4: word for all these
1: things yes. created during COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we just call it art. <laughs> <Exactly>. It's art. <laughs> uh,
2: and so we've all been coiling in our separate little groups, and um, we are going to string them all together. They will be presented as three, you know, individual pieces around, you know, I think between ten and twenty minutes each. Um, And I know for me personally, I haven't seen the other pieces. So, um, I know, I know I've seen little bits and, and here and there, but, uh, yeah, each group has kind of gone off into a different direction. Um, and I feel excited to see like how they're all connected. I feel like I'm not, I'm not going to know that until we're watching them all together. I
3: think I'm the only one who knows all the secrets because I'm putting it all together. You've seen it all, (laughs) but it's. It's so interesting. They're, they're all so different. I mean, they the themes are like, there's YouTube conspiracies, but then there's also like Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. Like everything mm. meets this moment, but in such a different approach. And so I think that there, surprisingly, there is a bit of cohesion, <laughs> which is like a huge bonus. Uh, <laughs> but they are, you know, they are completely different works. And we didn't have... Um, You know, we would like check in with each other about process, but we didn't really share what our themes were as we were developing them so Mm -hmm. that, you know, they wouldn't influence each other so that they would be independent.
1: How how has being a theater company that uh, uh, that creates its own work um, uh, been in in this time as opposed to, you know, a theater company? Well, we're just going to film everybody doing the Music Man and we'll put that up on our website. Um, do you feel like your your process um, lent itself to to adaptation more or less?
3: Yeah, oh. I really do think that we are in a, a good spot because as devising artists, we are so used to adapting and to things changing and and rolling with the punches. And so, you know, a lot of the work that we do we spend, you know, maybe, maybe even 18 months developing before it Mm. goes into production. And so now, you know, we're in this development stage for several works that, you know, we're already planning to premiere in 2022. And, and honestly, we're finding that we can rehearse more. We're Mm. doing um, a project with some collaborators in France and Canada. And now we're like, oh, we have this platform, Zoom, you know, where we can, see each other face-to-face and rehearse more often than if we just had a couple of small intensive workshops where we would all, you know, fly to the same place. So there's some things that are really beneficial about this as far as, like, our ability to adapt to it,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, but I will say, too, that, like, the, <laughs> the end goal those projects is live theater in 2020 (laughs) yes
1: yes
2: (laughs) um, but you know
3: like none of this experience is is a waste of time it is all like really awesome we're learning new mediums and we're like being you know when you have a shared experience and especially something that's difficult it really can bring you closer together and so I, I think it's actually been great for our company um and it's and it's been cool to you know learn some new things artistically
1: that's great so how how can listeners engage with your work
3: yes yeah, so this weekend may 1st and 2nd um we are premiering so the way we're we're phrasing it is we're calling it a live theater event online <laughs> oh, <nice>. <laughs> <laughs> so we have um this new production is anybody out there we're right here um, and it's going to premiere it's, it's actually it's a YouTube stream uh, and we have hosts that introduce it we have a broadcast in 4k and then we have a Q&A with all of the actors afterwards so it is kind of a live event you can interact in the chat um, and so you can see that this weekend live uh, Saturday and Sunday at 7:30 p.m. and tickets are at handtomouththeater.org um, and they're on a sliding scale we'll work with anybody um, and then after that, it'll be available on demand. So you can, you know, donate and receive the, the link to watch.
1: That is great.
4: That is one really cool thing about this virtual theater is that it gets recorded and people can watch it yeah. at their at their earliest convenience. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to add, you can watch
2: Distantius, um, yeah. which premiered a few weeks ago. Um, you can watch that um, online also.
4: So give us your website one more time org, and the tricky thing is that the two is a
3: number and theater is spelled with an r-e at the end oh
1: good i'm glad you're an r-e that's the uh, <laughs>
3: proper way i feel
1: I, I feel very strongly about that so uh oh,
4: got us too <laughs>
1: <laughs> well uh lucille dawson and uh Aaron letty from hand to mouth theater thank you so much for the gift of art that you give our community and for stepping up in these challenging times. And thank you for your time this morning.
3: Oh, thank you so much.
2: Our pleasure. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much for having us.
1: Thanks.
0: Thanks to Lucille and Aaron for joining The Local. And thank you for listening to The Local, your hometown in just about 30 minutes. And thank you, democracy. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: X-Ray.